0: Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Hi, I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is the Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with Big Dick Energy. I recently left my successful career and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. Today, I am going to talk about my professional career. I don't really talk about this subject too much because sometimes I think it might be boring and maybe people just want to know about my dating life and all the personal things that are happening. But oddly enough, the question I get asked the most is, Anish, how did you start your business? And then I hesitate to answer because it's been a complicated journey. It's not black and white. It's not cut and dry. It's like a Facebook relationship status from, like, 2001, you know? It's complicated. And I'm still in the trenches. I'm still a work in progress, you know? Everything's kind of, you know, still happening for me. And I'm doing a lot of different things at once, and that's just the way I like it because I love learning and challenging myself. I'm constantly innovating and reinventing myself as well. And so I never like to limit myself to just one thing. So I've always got a lot going on. And in these past few years, I've learned to really create through the pain. And I think that's very important. You know, When you're at rock bottom or you're just in a weird place, that's when the magic happens. That's when you should create. That's when you should set out and just do something and not think about it. There have been highs and lows, and I guess I will tell you how I got here. And I don't even know where here is, but we're here now. So growing up, I was always artistically inclined, and I was fortunate enough to have parents that, you know, understood that and noticed that. And so my parents enrolled me in private art classes, you know, when I was a child. And so throughout my childhood, I went to art school because... I just loved drawing and painting and just, I just loved the arts. I'm a creative soul. I also excelled in school. I did really well in school. I had straight A's. It was very easy for me. Just because it was easy for me, it does not mean I liked it. I can't say I loved studying or school or anything, even though I did well. And I grew up in a very strict conservative home. We weren't allowed to like sit around and watch TV and, you know, fuck around. My dad would wake us up early on the weekends. You either had to be reading a book, learning something, or, you know, doing something productive, like riding a bike or something. I remember we were, like, one of the first people to get a computer, and my dad bought us, you know, the encyclopedia in CD-ROM, and we would spend days just, like, reading that on our computer, back when the computer was just, like, DOS and Lotus, I also grew up in a home where my parents owned their own business. And if you come from a family that owns their own business, then you know the home, your life, everything revolves around the business. That's pretty much all that everyone talks about. And so my dad owns a textile distribution firm and we, you know, basically import and export garments and textiles. My family's now, like, semi-retired. But growing up, you know, I was going to art classes. And then at home, we'd talk about, you know, fabric and patterns and prints and trends. And that's kind of how I became interested in fashion. I also had a shining example right in front of me of someone who just loved their work and their life. My dad has always been so passionate about his company And is probably the hardest working human I know. And so I also had that, you know, right in front of my face. You know, I meet so many people and they're like, I work so hard and I hate what I do. And my father, you know, just loves what he does. He's a workaholic, but in a good way. The flip side is you also see the ups and downs and the struggles with owning your own business. You know, you have good times and bad times, And you're constantly working. And every family vacation, every occasion, my dad was just always working. I remember, you know, we'd all be in the hotel room and my dad would be on the computer working. And I knew from a young age, I've always been very practical, that dad was doing this because, you know, that's what really was taking care of everything. That's why we could have the life we had because my dad was working so hard. And so early on, I knew that you had to do something you loved. And thankfully, you know, there's three of us, me, my brother, and my sister. For some reason, my parents never told us, you know, you have to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer like, you know, most immigrant families, you know, tell their kids. My my parents never did that. My parents were like, please don't become a doctor. You will kill someone. I also don't like touching people and, you know— sticking my hands on people and stuff. So that would have never worked. Although I would have excelled because once I put my mind on something, you know, I thrive. But it's none of those careers were for me, to be honest. And no one really told me to go in any of those directions. I became interested in business in high school. You know, we would go to India every year for family vacations for like two months and Dubai because my grandparents lived in Dubai for 25 years, the grandparents you see on Family Karma. And so I would spend my summers in India and Dubai. So I think I was a sophomore in high school and it was one of the summers I was in India and Dubai. And for some odd reason, I thought, let me buy all these little trinkets, you know, like little wallets and watches from the market. And in India, you know, at in those days, it was like 25 cents, literally. And let me take these back to Miami, back to high school and see if people will buy them. And I remember being like 15 in the streets of India and like bargaining, you know, because you just kind of imitate what you see happening around you and everyone's bargaining in those markets. And so I kind of was just doing the same thing as everyone else around me. And I remember coming back to Miami and piling everything on into the trunk of my car. And after school, I, you know, told everyone in my class, like, hey, I got some cute things from India. It was all, you know, accessories for women mostly. And I sold everything within three days. You know, I was selling watches and wallets for like $20. And I had just purchased these items over the summer for, you know, 25 cents. And that's when I opened my eBay account as a 15-year-old. And I learned how to sell shit online, basically. And, you know, I was not a saver. I would spend that money at Starbucks and McDonald's and all that other stuff, like a typical 15-year-old. I think a pivotal point for me was junior year. I was 17, and my dad had gone to Text World, which is a huge fabric show in Paris. He would go every year. And this time, he came back with a textbook for me because he knew I was interested in business and fashion. And the textbook was called The Business of Fashion. And I still have it. It's like 800 pages. And I remember inhaling that book in a week. And I basically took a college course in fashion by myself by reading that book. And when graduation came along, my dad actually told me, you know, why don't you go to the Sorbonne or St. Central Martin in London And I just was practical even then. I've just always been practical. I don't know where this practicality came from, but I knew, you know, okay, Anish, you like money. You want to make money. You want to make money. Maybe you shouldn't study fashion. And that was the God honest truth. So I got to college. And even with college, I was very practical because I knew eventually my parents, you know, would want me to get married. And so I kind of just wanted to get school out of the way so that I could get into the workforce. And I literally just applied to the two state schools in my town. And I went to the one that gave me a full scholarship. And because I had aced all my APs, my AP classes, I was literally an undergrad for two years. I graduated high school in 2003 and I graduated undergrad in finance with a degree in finance in 2005. I know. And I think that practicality can become my weakness at times because I look back now and I think, you know, why didn't you apply to like Stanford or do something different? Or why didn't you have an actual college experience? Like what was the rush, Anish? And so I never had that college experience because I didn't care to. I just wanted to finish school and make money. And after I graduated from undergrad, I traveled extensively around the world for like a year. And then I went and got my MBA, again, just trying to get school out of the way and coming from a conservative South Indian family, you know, where education is, you know, probably the most important thing in a family. I, you know, knew my parents would want me to go get a master's degree. And again, I just applied to the local, you know, MBA program, University of Miami's program, and got my MBA in finance. And throughout college and the MBA, I worked for my dad part time. And, you know, my dad is a no nonsense type of guy. You probably don't see him much on the gram or on TV or anywhere because he's a very serious man. And he means business. And so working for my dad, you know, taught me so much. You know, I got thick skin and I learned, you know, to be efficient and just get things done quickly. You know, I would go to school and then go work for my dad and come home at like 10 p.m. I remember we would work on Christmas. But because I was learning, you know, I loved it. I've always been very ambitious and driven I was never the girl that dreamed of, you know, a wedding or marriage or any of those things. And to be quite honest, my parents didn't really, you know, talk about those things either. You know, I think they started talking about marriage once I turned, you know, 23. But growing up, the emphasis was always placed on education and working and making something of yourself. You know, I remember my dad would always say, You know, the Ramakrishnas have to work hard for what we have. Nothing comes easily. And I've changed my thinking on that because I believe in, you know, the law of attraction and the power of your words. And so I think, you know, everything comes easily to me now. But growing up, you know, I had that typical Indian upbringing, you know, or maybe an immigrant upbringing, right? Like money doesn't grow on trees. Like nothing is easy. You better work hard. No one's going to take care of you. Like Ramakrishnas, we have to work for everything. And so I've always been a hard worker. It's just in my blood, it's innate. And so now I graduated from my MBA. And that's, I think, when my parents, you know, started pressuring me to get married. They were like, get married, hun, because I had already been with my boyfriend for a little bit at the time. And they were like, all right, get married. Except, I was like, I don't want to just go from my parents' house to my husband's house. Like, I need to do something for myself. And I had always wanted to live in New York because, you know, growing up in the textile garment industry, you're constantly going to New York with your parents for trips or the weekend. You know, we'd always mix these like fun weekend trips with work for my dad. And so New York had always been a part of my life. And I knew I always wanted to live there. And I knew that I didn't want to go from my parents' house to a marriage. And so I graduated with this MBA in finance. I, you know, worked at Ball Corporation for a minute in Colorado. They're actually one of the world's largest packaging producers in the world. They make like all the Coke cans, the Gatorade bottles, like you name it. They've made it for, you know, food packaging. And I did m a there, mergers and acquisitions, and, you know, spent all day you know, on Excel and realized, okay, you want to be an investment banker, but maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't it. Maybe you need to like go back to that fashion. You know, you love fashion. Like that's what you love. You're a creative person at heart and the money's great, but you're miserable. And so that's, you know, one of the times I gave up practicality for passion. And so I did not end up working as an investment banker. I just, it just wasn't for me. I remember just hating being on Excel all day, every day, all night. Like just, that was life. So I had a brief stint in finance and then I wanted to pursue fashion, except I graduated from my MBA in 2009. The market had just crashed in 2008 and the world had literally just collapsed. No one was hiring It was a terrifying time. And I literally sat at home for two years from 2009 to 2011. And when I say sat at home, I mean like, you know, I worked for my dad again, which was kind of, you know, a loser move. I felt like such a loser. I was like, what, what is this? Like, are you ever going to go get a job of your own? But no one would hire me and no one was hiring you know, it was a very tough time in the economy. And so I was really depressed. And my dad was like, you know, I know you keep getting rejected and I know you're trying and you're using like your friend's apartment addresses on your resume in New York. Like, why don't you know, why don't I help you out? Why don't I get you a place in New York for two months? I'll take care of the expenses and you go to New York and you try to find yourself a job. So I'm super confident. I'm like, yes, this is it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to find a job in New York in fashion. So I spent the summer of 2011 in New York. And I remember finding my roommate on Craigslist. That was, you know, when you didn't die from Craigslist. And I had to lie to my parents, of course, because my roommate was a gay Indian man. And I lied to my parents and said that I was staying with, you know, a Chinese girl. Go on Craigslist. I find this listing. I fly to New York. I tell my parents I have an apartment and I meet Rahul. Shout out to Rahul. Hi, Rahul. I meet Rahul at Columbus Circle and I'll never forget it. I spotted him from a mile away and we hit it off right off the bat. And he was my one and only roommate in my life. And we had the best time ever. He, you know, at the time was a big wig, you know, executive in finance. And he taught Bollywood dance part time. And so, you know, it was fun. It was fun having him. He was like my gay BFF. And I lived with him and he traveled so much, you know, for work. And so he was always in Switzerland or, you know, China. And so I had the place to myself most of the summer. And then when he was in town, we would like dance to Bollywood music. It was literally a very special time for me sounds like peaches and cream, right? Well, hold your horses. So two months go by and your girl doesn't find a job. And Papa Ramakrishna is like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing there? And I was like, dad, no one's hiring me, but I really like beauty in Essex. And I remember my dad was just like livid. And he's like, get your ass back home. And I sound like, you know, oh, it was a fun, like great time. No, I'm very ambitious. And I would say I at that point, I had no self-esteem. Like I thought I was dumb. I was a loser. No one wants to hire me. The economy shit. I'm never going to get out of here. I'm never going to live in New York. Like everything sucks. And I come back from New York, back to Miami jobless. And now the pressure's on. Now my parents are like, that's it. You're going to get married. You better marry your boyfriend now. And I am just petrified because I have no out, right? I don't have an exit plan. Like how do I get out of this? And of course, my boyfriend at the time would have never forced me to get married or anything like that, and neither would have my parents, but you can imagine the stress in a brown home, you know? Like you're fucking 27, like get married. So this is all happening in the summer of 2011. No one's calling me. No one's hiring me. I start looking for jobs online, and it's now like Thanksgiving of 2011. And I see this Craigslist listing, guys. Craigslist changed my fucking life. I don't know what, what, what else to tell you. Back when, you know, you could find a job on Craigslist. This was like 2011, remember? So there was this job listing, and it sounded like the perfect job. They were like, we want someone who has fashion experience, but with a business degree, preferably an MBA. And I was like, is this, you know, a sign from God? And at this point, I have like $300 in my bank account. Like, I have nothing. And I feel like a loser. I don't want to get married. And I've already failed, you know, at my summer stint in New York of finding a job, you know, came back home jobless. And I was like, the world is ending. And I must be really dumb because no one wants to hire me. So I apply to this job on Craigslist, this like miracle job, and I get a call right away. And right there, I'm like, okay, all right, something's wrong because this how is this happening? And it's a recruiter. And he's like, this is for a big fashion company in New York. And we need you to come for the interview tomorrow. Mind you, I've been applying to jobs with my New York address. And so now I'm supposed to get on a plane to fly to New York for an interview the following day. While my ass is here in Miami. So I tell my parents like, hey, I have a job interview in New York and I'm going. And I spent the $300. Like literally that was all that was left. I just spent it, bought the ticket and went. I literally bought a ticket for the morning and a return ticket for the evening back when that wasn't like such a big deal. And so I fly to New York. I'm nervous as fuck because, you know, I've been rejected so much at this point that I'm like, oh, like this is my last chance. So I go to the interview. I end up at like one of the biggest private label fashion companies in the industry. I interview with like five execs. They were all female. I loved it. And then I interviewed with the CEO, who was an old male, of course, but it went well and I made them laugh and I I know that's why they hired me. They hired me because they thought I was fucking funny. And I don't think I'm funny, but apparently people think I'm funny. And so I got the job, except here's the catch. I live in Miami and they want me to start on Monday and it's now Friday. So I have a weekend to start a job on Monday. So I fly back to Miami and I tell my parents, your girl got a job. And I remember my mom literally started sobbing. She was sobbing tears of joy for me because she had known my struggle in these past two years of, you know, just not having anything work out for me professionally, despite efforts and my MBA and all the degrees and everything I was doing. Like, no one gave a fuck. No one hired me. And it was finally happening for me. My dream, like, of moving to New York, working in fashion, you know, making my goal salary, everything was coming together, except I didn't live there. And these are the times where, you know, I don't know what I would do without my parents, because despite, you know, the tough upbringing and the conservatism and the woe is me, you like deprive me and I'm a late bloomer now because of you and blah, blah, blah. You know, my parents stepped up to the plate, honey. My parents packed up all my shit, packed up their shit. But plane tickets for all of us to go to New York. I started my job on a Monday from like the Grand Hyatt. Like my whole family went because that's what we do. You know, we're fam. So we do everything together. And my parents spent that first week of me at work, literally finding my apartment, buying me a bed, buying me a TV, getting cable for me, like literally did everything for me that first week and settled me in New York City. And the goodbye was really tough because, you know, I had never left home. I'm a late bloomer, right? So I left home at 27. I had been at home my entire life. Despite having traveled, it's it's not the same. You need to go out there and move and live out on your own. That's, that's how you learn. And I remember I wasn't scared. It was just easy. You know, I just felt at home in New York. It was like a second home to me. I wasn't scared at my job. Like everything just fell right into place. I just thrived. You know, I never had that. Oh, I feel lonely or oh, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. It just it just all worked out. And I was so grateful for the opportunity that I just fucking winged it. You know, fake it till you make it, guys. Like I just I just did the damn thing. I didn't have that much fashion experience, you know. I didn't know a lot of things, but instead of asking people what they were talking about, I would literally work till, like, 10 and, like, try to Google and figure shit out and watch YouTube videos. I even took sewing classes. And I was very fortunate. I worked at a company that was all women. And so every day was just a blast, you know. We would work hard and play hard. And within three months, I was promoted And within a year, I was promoted again. And that was really my career trajectory in New York until I started making more than I ever thought I would make, you know, to be honest. You know, I had a financial goal and I surpassed it like five times over. And I was making more than men. And I only say that because, you know, times are changing, but that's the standard, right? Like men make the money in all these female-driven industries, in fashion, in beauty, even in cuisine and like cooking, right? And like the chefs, like most of the chefs are men. And so I was having the time of my life, literally, for, for a long time, just living the dream. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it or lie. You know, there's a lot of toxicity in the fashion industry, especially being Indian. You know, it's, it's, it's not an industry where you meet a lot of Indians to begin with. You know, I was the only Indian girl I knew in fashion. You know, I'm sure they're out there. And there are many people who are Indian or brown on the supply side, but not in the design side. And I was the VP of product development for eight private label brands managing, you know, the show, running the show. And I learned so much. You know, I would travel to all these like remote towns and villages in China and India by myself. You know, there was no time to be bougie at those moments, you know, like I'm in a village in India and there's like three guys banging on my hotel room. Those are the times you're like, wait, I'm a woman and I'm scared. Like what's going to happen to me here? Am I going to die? And so I've had a lot of experience, if I may say so. I've kind of lived, if I can say that, even though I was a late bloomer. I've I've traveled extensively, worked my dream job. I've met, you know, some financial goals. I've loved hard. I've, you know, the luxury and the privilege of being in love with the same person for 12 years just, you know, ran its course. I've been on TV, but there was just something missing. And I don't know what it was exactly, but I literally woke up one day you know, four years ago and realized I was miserable. But I kept going because Ramakrishna's keep going, right? Like you keep going. And I remember my dad telling me, my dad always told me, don't start a business, Anish. Work for someone and enjoy your life. Collect a paycheck and don't stress when you come home. Relax. Enjoy your weekends. Go on vacations. And that's exactly what I did. I listened to him, except there was just something off. And it don't know what it was. I know what it was now. But at the time, I just didn't know. And I guess for the last year of my life in New York, you know, I felt like my relationship wasn't going anywhere. And my career, you know, it was great. But what was that going to be? That was going to be my life. I wasn't really going to be, you know, a CEO in the fashion industry for a company, considering that I was a brown Indian girl. You know, that's not really how it goes obviously times are changing. So I just knew like there's more out there for me. This can't be it. And I fell into a deep depression. I'll be honest. And I've been through a lot of ups and downs in life, but I think this was the most depressed I had been. You know, I'm a germ phobe. I'm OCD. And I know this sounds so gross, but I I stopped showering. I think I was showering once a week. I was just late to work. I just didn't really want to do my job. And I was just, you know, getting by. I was just a zombie, a robot. Nothing gave me joy. Like, this life that I, you know, dreamed of was now shitty and boring and dull, and I felt so ungrateful. And I knew that, you know, my parents had worked so hard for me to have this life and this opportunity. They educated me and, you know, made sure that I, you know, had everything. They moved me here. And after six years in New York, it just, it took its toll on me. You know, it just, what, what was once exciting was now just like, oh. And I remember towards the end, you know, one of my BFFs, who was my coworker at the time, who's still my BFF, Jen, Gambara, Shout out to Jen Gambara Pagano. Hashtag New York Italians in the house. She, you know, was a size 22. She is a size 22. And she's designing all these gorgeous dresses for, you know, size zero to 12. So Jen is here, a head designer, designing like high-end beautiful dresses. And she can't even buy a dress or get a dress for herself because we didn't make it in her size. And I just had this epiphany, like this light bulb moment. Like, why aren't we making dresses for all sizes? Like, that shouldn't even exist where my friend Jen is designing a dress that she cannot wear herself. But she designed it. Like, that just blew my mind. And I had a lot going on emotionally and, you know, in my personal life where I just— I just didn't want to do anything. I was literally over everything. And I remember telling my parents I was going to quit my job and they thought it was a phase and that I'd eventually go back to New York and just find another job. But that's that's not what happened. I quit my job in 2017 and I moved back home with no plan. You know, my relationship ended, you know, had my savings but that was kind of it. I was like, all right, you're 33, Anish. You're not married. And you just moved back home to your childhood bedroom, like a place you wanted to escape. Like, what is wrong with you? Are you a self-sabotager? Like, what the fuck? But I just knew, like, I just followed my gut. Like, this is what I have to do for me. I, maybe I'll find the reasons later, but I just knew, like, just go with your gut. And I knew, like, I had to make a change because I was spiraling, And then you guys know, if you listen to my podcast, that I hit rock bottom. You watched Family Karma. It was like probably one of the lowest, darkest periods of my life. And, you know, through that, you know, I say be creative through the pain. That's when you should do something, when you should try, you know, when you're in pain. That's when the magic happens. And that's when I started currently. And I started currently as a small niche, plus size brand for women like my friend Jen. And at the time in 2017, there were probably maybe five to six brands doing plus size clothing, you know, making beautiful dresses. And so I started very small because my intention was just to try and make money to live on my own, to survive. I accomplished that goal. It, It just happened. And so after that, you know, I got on Family Karma and I was like, all right, what's what's the next goal? And I went to the Great Barrier Reef and I was like, all right, I'm learning now about sustainability and the earth and I don't want to eat animals anymore. And I want to make sustainable clothing, which is even more niche. And I've learned now, you know, being a business owner, a small business owner, there are days, you know, I want to cry and my product is not for everybody. It's, you know, there's a small market out there of women that want plus size, you know, or straight size because now I make clothing from zero to 32, but plus size, straight size, sustainable clothing. It's a very small niche market. And so people assume, oh, you're an entrepreneur or you're a business owner. You must be rich. Honey, if you want to get rich, A, do not start a fashion business and B, marry well or, you know, do something else. Do not start a business. Like, eventually, you know, maybe you'll get rich, but that should never be the reason. Dude, I'm still living with my parents because it's free. Although I am moving shortly, which is terrifying, but that's for another pod. But my business is a work in progress, and that's kind of how I started my business. I just started, right? I just opened an LLC. I just— you know, researched clothing. And I already knew the clothing and the fashion business. So it's not like I got into an industry that I knew nothing about. I know the ins and outs of manufacturing, production, logistics, you know, all of it, finance. I've also had a lot of other businesses that you don't know of, you know, i sold iPhone accessories on Amazon while I was in New York working as a VP because I've always, you know, sold online since high school. As you guys know, I just moved from eBay to Amazon. And to be honest, that's how I had savings. My Amazon business really helped me. And how did I learn about Amazon? That's the thing. You have to network. You have to make friends. You have to talk to people. You have to learn. You have to meet people because that's, you know, a free gift in life, meeting people and talking to people. Like, you'll never know how much knowledge someone else has. You know, always give someone a chance. Never underestimate anybody. Talk to everybody and be kind to everybody. See what you can learn from everybody. I'm sure everyone has something different that they can teach you. And so one of my other co-workers, Alex Vaughn, who's now a budding artist, you know, she started her fashion business on Amazon. She left the company and started selling on Amazon and I was like, "Alex, I love eBay, but you know, Etsy's not really for me and I want to learn Amazon like everyone's talking about it and this was now in 2016, hon. Huh? I've been in the Amazon game for a minute, okay? It's not like one of those YouTube courses like get rich quick. I've been doing this for a hot minute." And so, you know, she's like, "Come over." Come over and spend the weekend with me in the East Village, and I'll show you everything. And she taught me how to use Amazon and start an Amazon business that I've now now grown into, you know, a budding business. I have a product in the iPhone accessories category that is a top 10 product. That didn't come easily, you know. I've lost a lot of money. I used to trade crypto and stocks, you know. I'm just an adventurer. I'm a risk taker. I've done it all. And so... I thrive off of, you know, meeting my goals, my financial goals. So I had a financial goal for Currently and I made it. There's some exciting things happening with Currently in the pipeline. And everyone's like, when are you coming up with the next collection? But that's the thing, guys. Like, I have no Sharam. Just because I have a business and it's clothing, you have to remember it's still a sustainable brand. And I'm not out here trying to, you know, throw clothes on a wall, you know, to sell. I really want to make mindful, sustainable decisions with regard to currently the clothing brand. I have some partnerships coming up, but in the meantime, we're in a pandemic. I don't want to be wasteful. And right now I'm working on, you know, a partnership with a brand. But I am not just, you know, creating a new collection for the sake of creating a new collection. So that's what's happening right now with ShopCurrently.com, the clothing brand. And of course, you can always buy my bestsellers. They are on Amazon. They're on ShopCurrently.com. They are always available. They are beautiful. Everything is sustainable, made out of recycled plastic bottles. And we run from size zero to 32, which is almost unheard of in the fashion industry. Like, again, super niche. We're not trying to get rich quick here. We're just trying to organically do something different and something that gives me joy. And so I gave up my entire bougie life in New York, you know, to start my business. And there have been some days I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you should have listened to dad. Like, he told you to, like, go make that, you know, killer salary and enjoy your life. And now you're here, you know, making your own salary, which is very different you know especially now in a pandemic as a small business owner you know it's it's been tough but you know we're making it work we're making it happen i'm a hustler i make shit happen we've got the pod you know we've got so many exciting things happening you know currently is my umbrella brand and the reason my brand my personal brand is called currently is because when I moved back home, I did not know what was going to happen to me. I was living in fear. I was anxious. I was scared. You know, fear of the unknown. Like, you're leaving, like, this cushy job. You know, your amazing relationship with someone stable is ending. And what's going to happen to you? You're 33. You're living at home in your childhood bedroom. Like, eek. And I just learned, you know, to be present, to live in the moment. All we have is now the current moment, which is why my lifestyle brand is called Currently. That's why the pod is called Currently Cringing. That's why my food blog is called Currently Hungry. That's why my clothing brand is called, you know, shopcurrently.com. And that's, you know, a great reminder for me, you know, to remember, like, all we have is now, Anish. Don't worry about yesterday and don't worry about tomorrow. I can worry about right now. And that's really where I'm at right now. You know, I've focused, you know, and dedicated most of my life to my business. You know, I've said before, I was never that girl that, you know, dreamed of getting married or any of that stuff. And now I want that as well. And I've frozen my eggs so I can at least, you know, enjoy my relationships and not be stressed about having a kid and all of that stuff and enjoy working on my business. And I've learned to enjoy the day-to-day and the journey, right? It's not the destination. It's the journey. I know, cringe, super cheesy, but that's really what it's about. And I think the next step is, you know, moving out, which is terrifying because I'm used to having my salary that I have to create, but not having to pay for rent. And, you know, that's going to be a big adjustment for me as a small business owner. But it's time, you know, it's time. I need to blossom and get out of here and start that next chapter. And I have used my savings, you know, to run my business. So when people are like, oh, she must be, you know, really wealthy and successful or her parents gave her money. Bitch, do you know my parents? Have you met Chitra and Ram? I buy my own fucking toothpaste, okay? I buy everything by myself. I even buy my groceries by myself because, you know, they're not here giving handouts. If you're from a brown family, just because they have money, honey, doesn't mean they're giving it to you. You know, my parents, again, they're very conservative and you need to, you know, pave your own way. People assume my parents, you know, are in textiles. And so that's probably how I'm in textiles and fashion. Nope. My parents don't really know what's going on with my business. You know, I do ask them for advice, but I'm running this show and it's terrifying. There have been some scary moments. There have been times I just wanted to give up, but I'm still here and I'm on an incline, right? Like I haven't plateaued. I haven't reached, you know, the next goal we do have, you know, future goals. And so I'm just goal setting. And as I achieve each goal, you know, that's kind of what I'm living for right now. I just love the thrill of achieving the goal and then making the next goal. For those of you who know me very well, don't live a materialistic life. No more. You know, all my bougie things are in storage in Long Island City. Don't know what I'm going to do with all of that stuff. I don't even remember what's in there. Probably some nice bags and a lot of beautiful things that I will probably sell on eBay or give away. But I live a very minimalist, simple life now. And I'm thrilled, you know. And that's why when I say, oh, I need to see your financial statements. It's because I know what it takes to be driven and to work hard and to be ambitious. And that's really important to me. It's, you know, I want to see your financial statements, not because I want to spend your money, but I want to know, like, where are you going in life? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, can we be a power couple? And that's my next goal. You know, I want to find that person to be in a power couple with and grow my business, you know, along with their business and do something together. Yes, I do have an MBA in finance and an undergrad degree in finance. But let me tell you, honey, you know, what I got from those degrees were the connections, you know, my lifelong friends that I met around the world from the MBA, from the fashion job, from my undergraduate degree. But everything I learned, you know, Photoshop opening an LLC, like business law. Like, I don't remember that shit. I learned all of that from YouTube University, honey. So that's my advice to you. You know, if you want to start a business, start with a side hustle and, you know, learn through the internet. There are no excuses right now. We're living in a world where information is literally free at your fingertips. It's right there. Before you ask me a question, Google it. You know, how do you open an LLC, Anish? How do you file a trademark? How do you do this? You think someone told me? No. I went to Google University and YouTube University. Do you think I knew how to make clothes? No. I learned technical design through YouTube and buying a textbook from Amazon.com. I'm not a tech designer, but guess what? I had to become a graphic designer, a tech designer, a quality control specialist, a lawyer, a controller, an accountant. I had to do all of that because I own my own business now. And I'm still bootstrapping the business, which means, you know, I use my own money for the business. Uh, COVID really threw me in for a wild ride. And we are, you know, getting out of it slowly but surely, but not going to lie, it was rough, honey. COVID was rough. Launching the astrology collection for shopcurrently.com during a pandemic as like a new niche brand. If I can do that, I think I can do anything. And so my advice to you is to live for the moment and to just do. Done is better than perfect. Don't think. Just do. You learn by doing. Get out there And do it. When you're doing this, when you're trying to start a business, let me tell you guys, drop your ego. Leave your ego at the door, honey. You have to build thick skin. People are going to think you're weird, you're dumb, or you failed, or you're a loser. Do you know how many times I've failed, guys? I can't even tell you how many times I've failed. I've failed more than I've succeeded. But, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. This is what I'm doing. I'm not leaving. And so you have to keep going. And I think the hardest thing is continuously doing the same thing every day and working towards the same goal with no results. But you keep going. And then I guess there comes a time where you decide, do I want to continue or do I want to give up and pursue something else? And that's totally okay as well. But I just wanted to let you guys know there are some dark days. It's not sexy or glamorous. You can't have an ego when you're in this game. But I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chat.